Why is it the same repetitive mistakes continue to rob salespeople of more commission checks, regardless of industry, size of company, or region of the globe? These same inhibitors are holding us back from reaching our full potential. Amongst many industry awards, Ian Selby achieved the accolade of top salesperson in the world at Apple. And in this podcast, he will discuss the issues that sales professionals encounter from his own experiences, confessing to the problems he has endured and how he overcame them, giving the benefit of his wisdom to everyone listening who work in the world of sales. To help you, he will reveal strategies to overcome the issues hurting salespeople and helping you reach new levels of sales success. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With your host, Ian Selby. Welcome to Confessions of a Sales Pro. My very special guest this week is a gentleman by the name of Steve Gelda, author and co-founder of Ignite Selling in Austin, Texas. Steve co-founded Ignite Selling with his business partner, Kevin Jones, in the fall of 2010 a global sales effectiveness company focused on improving the critical selling skills needed to effectively compete in today's ever-changing market. Steve began his own career in 1987 as an account executive with Lanier Worldwide. He held a variety of sales leadership roles and ultimately regional vice president of Lanier Professional Services. In 1997, Steve joined Huffway a sales effectiveness company founded by Neil Rackham, author of Spin Selling, which we've all heard of. In 2002, Steve entered the world of entrepreneurship by starting his own franchise with Advantage Performance Group and later partnering with Dr. Richard Roth to grow sales momentum. Today, Steve, his partner Kevin, work with companies that are struggling to accelerate revenue through their sales pipelines. Through their simulation-based approach, they provide sales training solutions that drive the sales metrics their clients are seeking. The focus on this week's session is Steve's Amazon best-selling book, Ignite Your Sales Strategy, a field guide to accelerating your pipeline. Steve, welcome back to the podcast, my friend. Ian, it's a real pleasure to be with you and your and your guests uh, as, as a guest today. I really do appreciate it. Thanks again. And I know you're busy with the new book, which is selling off the shelves like, like never before. And <laughs> so thank you on behalf of our listeners for taking the time. And, and this of is course. your second book. Um, you know, this second book of yours and your business partner, Kevin Jones, have written, what inspired you this time to write this second book, Stephen? Well, yeah, I appreciate the question, Ian. You know, we published our first book in 2012. And since that time, we've had the great opportunity of working with some amazing clients on a global basis. We've conducted hundreds of win-loss analyses where we really examine why do salespeople win and why do salespeople lose. And I tell you, you over 80% of the accounts where sales representatives are lost, the salesperson lost simply because they were outsold. And where the salespeople won, they won because they most often followed a repeatable process. And what we did is just simply by gathering this data over the last 10 years, we felt as if we have a kind of a compelling story here to share. It's, a, it's really about providing an example, several examples of when people lose, why do they lose, and what needs to be done to prevent it from happening again. And when people win, what is it that salespeople should or could do 
to enchant to enhance their chances of winning in a repeatable way, kind of on an, on an ongoing basis. So we really were inspired by our customers to write the second book because we have just so much great data out there as to why do people win and why do people lose. So that's kind of what we did. We codified and put it into our latest book. That's fantastic, Stephen. Ten years later, a lot of things have changed in ten years in the world and in the world of selling, for that matter. No I love doubt. that you've. You've been able to dissect it and analyze it. 80% of the time when a salesperson loses, they're outsold. That, that's a fascinating stat. And the 20% of the time when the people that win, they're using a repeatable process. I mean, there's some magic in what you said right there. You, you well, there's the book, no so. doubt. Go ahead, Steve. Please expand. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Just to kind of build on that, the analytics that we're able to glean from these win-loss analyses are kind of peppered throughout this book. But, you know, the data is very interesting. It's, it's kind of tells us when people are making assumptions, what are they making assumptions around? And we've come to kind of find out that the more experienced a salesperson is in sales, the more assumptions that they make. And so this book is really kind of just, you know, peppered with a bunch of statistics out there that I think a lot of people can kind of find themselves kind of falling victim to from time to time. And we really kind of talk about what do we need to do to avoid that. Absolutely. I love what you just said, that even salespeople who have been at it a long time make assumptions. You write in this book, this new book, Steve, that salespeople often make too many assumptions. And those assumptions cause opportunities to stall in our pipelines. How do mm. salespeople stop making so many assumptions? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is, uh, it is kind of amazing on on where salespeople end up making assumptions. And I think one of the best ways to help uh, salespeople prevent from making those assumptions is to ensure that, you know, you have a coach, you have a sales mentor, somebody to whom you can talk to that's not going to just kind of give you the corporate head nod going, okay, I hear what you're saying. Okay, sounds good. And agree with what you're saying, but have that coach or that manager challenge those assumptions. So if, in fact, you're my coach and I'm going to tell you, Ian, that these are the, these are the, you know, the top three key influencers involved. And these are the people that really support us. And these are the people that don't. You don't just simply say, okay, good job and pat people on the back. But instead, you take the time to simply say, Steve, what's been said or done to make you believe that these are the top three people? Or how do you know these people are truly an advocate of yours? Other than the fact that they use your product, it doesn't necessarily make them an advocate. What have they said or what have they done or what have they demonstrated to prove that you're an advocate? So having managers or, or a coach of some sort that can challenge your assumptions simply helps you re-examine whether or not, A, this is an opportunity that we should be pursuing. And if it is an opportunity that we should be pursuing, these types of questions to which challenge the assumptions enable salespeople to find out the right information at the right time in order to prevent opportunities from kind of slowing down. Can I give you an example? Yes, Steve, please share. Please share. You know, one of, one of the win-loss analyses that we, uh, that we had in, um, that we cover in, in the book kind of stems from the fact that um, this, this, this whole notion of, of, uh, of quantifying value and here we were working with a, with a client, and in this particular case, the sales representatives were telling us that, 
you know, this particular customer found value in their solutions because of a particular set of reasons. And when we, when we took a step back and we asked the question, we said, help us understand how does the solution to which you're bringing to this customer drive the business metrics of their business? And they said, well, what do you mean? And we said, well, let's back it down, back it up just a little bit. What are the business metrics your customer is trying to improve? And all of a sudden, they didn't really know. They were too busy pitching or selling a product. We said, just stop for a second here. Let's just make some assumptions here, and we can test them later on. But what do we think the business metrics are of this particular client? And it came out this client is trying to accelerate uh, revenue through their own business. They're trying to retain customers. They're trying to go deeper and broader with inside their customer base. So we said, terrific. Do you have a product that can help do that? And they said, yes. We said, great. How, what have you done to help align your value to those clients' business metrics? They said, we haven't done that yet. And I said, so how at risk are you of this opportunity stalling or maybe even being lost because you haven't been able to kind of make that direct link? And they said, yeah, I mean, we get it. We don't understand the business metrics of our client. That's something we should have done right off the bat, stage one or stage two of your pipeline process. But here we are at, at stage four, and you don't even know, understand what those things are. So this is where we give an example of where a sales rep can simply just be outsold. That makes so much sense. I love what you said, Steve, first of all, about having a coach and a mentor to challenge those assumptions. and. You know, try and find the proof and the thinking so that they're not assumptions, they're proven statements. And sometimes these coaches and mentors could be a manager or they could be external from the company. Someone else is coaching that individual, a a professional mentor, not just someone by role, which uh, is a growing, certainly a growing trend in the world these days. Quantifying the value. I love what you said there. Aligning the Mm. pain to the gain, which is the business metric to the solution. And just assuming, I, I love your story that you, you actually asked those tough questions and there was no answers. So now you know what yeah. you don't know, which is powerful, right? They can get back to it and go and find the answers to those, to those assumptions. So that's, that's so refreshing. You also, Steve, Thank in your you. book, oh, you're welcome. In your book, you speak to the importance of having a set of strategy tools that can help challenge the critical thinking of a salesperson. Can you tell us a little more about that and how do these tools, you know, how are they used out there in the real field? Sure. I think that uh, most people have been in sales for, you know, five, 10 years or more. They, when they are asked to formulate a strategy, they're often given some kind of a, a sheet or some kind of a form to fill out. And those those, those forms, when we're filling out an account planner, an opportunity planner, simply tell us what do we know and what don't we know. Kind of similar to what we talked about just in the last example. However, in absence of having a sales coach or a mentor, the, the form simply just exposes what do we know and what don't we know. What it doesn't expose is what do we do about it. And so... What Kevin and I decided to do when we created Ignite Selling, we started creating our our tools, is we didn't create a form that needed to be filled out. We created a set of tools that are specifically designed to challenge the thinking of the salesperson so that they can create a proactive strategy. Let me give you an example. One of our tools is called the Competitive Snapshot. This tool is designed to challenge the assumptions that salespeople might make around 
the customer's decision criteria that they're using to compare, say, one solution to another. And so if you ask salespeople today, what is the number one reasons why you lose a sale? A salesperson is likely to say, in fact, in probably over 70% of the time, they believe that they lost because of price. Absolutely. But when we, when we unpack that just a little bit, we ask the follow-up questions. Other than price, what were the other three or four decision criteria this customer is using to compare you against the competition? They often don't know. So then we'll ask maybe a little simpler question. We'll ask, we'll ask the questions, assuming that price, price is an important criteria, who are the three or four? I mean, what, I mean the other question would be, um, what decision criteria should this customer be given consideration to that they're not? And they're usually stuck, usually stuck on that. And then I'll say, well, do you guys, does your solution offer any unique capabilities that your competition doesn't? They'll say, sure. Our product can do A that the competition can't do. Our product can be, do B and C. Terrific. Should this be considered criteria that your customer should be using to compare you against the competition? And so, yeah, particularly if it's something that's unique. So, this competitive snapshot, which is just one of the four tools we talk about in Ignite Your Sales Strategy, the book, is, is simply a simple example that challenges the critical thinking of salespeople to not just understand what is the decision criteria customers should be using, but A, how do you know it's right? What's missing? Whose criteria matters most? How does the customer perceive you against the competition? How do they rank that, comp- that, that criteria from most important to least important? So it's, we, we believe that by having a set of tools as opposed to a form truly enables salespeople to think deeper, think more critically about the opportunity that they have. And we have found that when salespeople can think more critically about the opportunity, they end up challenging their assumptions and opportunities move to that sales pipeline at a much faster rate. So yeah, we feel that tools are tools are smarter than than simply as having a form. Absolutely, and I, I no doubt move through the pipeline uh, more, more rapidly, Steve, as you're saying, and win more often. Mm-hmm. So I like how no you doubt. said, in the absence of a coach or mentor, having a set of tools can can, can help just as effectively. So wonderful, the competitive snapshot being one of the four that are mentioned in the book. I'm. I'm sure the audience is already clamoring. How do I get a hold of this magic book of speech? I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, and I, I agree with what you're saying. It's, it's a bit like a Rubik's Cube. There's a number of decision makers. Some have more influence than the others. What, you know, what does the blue person want? What does the red person want? What is that? It has yeah. to be done. It's not one size fits all. And having a set of tools to challenge our thinking on that, that's, that's tremendous. What a fabulous invention. Uh, you and Kevin have put together with this. Well, I, I love your analogy of a Rubik's cube because isn't that what sales strategy really is? You know, I mean, you you have to find the right combination in order to make it work. And in a Rubik's cube, there is maybe several ways to which you can get there, but you have to figure out what is that combination that's going to give you to the end game. And sales strategy is just like that. It's not a always a right or a wrong, should I spin it to the left or to spin it to the right? But some answers are going to be better than others. Some moves you make are going to be better than others. And if you have the right combination of things to do, 
you could finish that Rubik's Cube, you can accelerate that, that sale at a much faster rate. So the question is, is, what tools are you using? What repeatable process are you using to help accelerate your sales uh, to, you know, to make sure that you're winning at a quicker rate? So I, love I love your analogy. I love what you're saying about having a repeatable process. And the more you lean into a set of tools like you're talking about, your four, the more it becomes your own thinking. It becomes, you know, mindware, not just a, a you know, a, a coachable tool, but something it's how the salesperson starts to think naturally. So it's, it's such a wonderful thing to have that on, on the road for salespeople. Um, it, it certainly is. Uh, uh, I mean, it's an oxymoron to say, I've got strategy for this. Well, without analysis, there's no such thing as strategy. You've got to turn right. the lights on to find out which, which road to get on, right? So You've got to, you know, having that challengeable questions in your competitive snapshot, uh, Steve, is a wonderful asset for a salesperson to have. Uh, it, reading your books, uh, and they're fascinating. They're, they're the kind of book you can't put down. So I warn you, listeners, once you Thank buy you. it, give yourself some time. <laughs> you're going to be submerged in, in, in Steve and Kevin's work for, for, for a, a long period of time, I promise you. But in your book, Steve, uh, you reference two characters. Mike, who's an average performer, and Susan, who's a top performer. Are these real people? It's always raised <laughs> in my head. Are these real human beings you're talking about? You know, Ian, as I, as I mentioned to you in the, in the top of this podcast, that, you know, we've spent 10 years kind of conducting win-loss analyses with our clients, and the stories are so rich, and, but they transcend several different industries. And we kind of put our heads together. We said, how can we give the reader of this book all of these great insights from these win-loss analyses? And the best way that we found to do that was to create two fictitious characters, an average performer, Mike, and a top performer, Susan, and, and putting them into a sales environment where they're simply selling, you know, a software solution. And you, and it's kind of a fictitious product that, that we kind of overlaid over top of Mike and Susan. But we use this as a way to tell a story around many of the win-loss analyses that we have uncovered over the past 10 years as to the assumptions people are making around the complexity of the buying process or the competitive landscape or maybe assumption salespeople are making around, um, you know, the, how they're quantifying value or the decision criteria or the key influencers. So no, these, these, these are clearly fictitious characters, but we, we believe that this tells a beautiful story. And I, we hope that the reader finds a little bit of themselves probably in Mike and Susan. But the question becomes at the end of each chapter is, what do we need to do to be more like Susan? What did Susan do that I don't find myself often doing? And so we hope that the reader kind of ask themselves that question. And we propose questions at the end of every chapter, by the way, that are designed to challenge the thinking. Uh, very similar questions that we had asked the sales representatives in our win-loss analyses you know, around so th that we're providing those same types of questions for the reader to simply saying, if I understand the answers to all of these questions, I can be more like Susan. And so, yeah, that's kind of the reasons why we wrote the book in the way that we did. Uh, it's a wonderful way to, to tell a story. I often wondered, I'm sure many of your readers have wondered as well. So we've uncovered the mystery. Mike and Susan are <laughs> they're fictitious characters, but based on the foundations 
of your win-loss analysis like with, with real outcomes and and yeah let's be more like susan and you know less like mike that that's the real answer uh, yeah. once again my my very special guest this week has been uh, a fabulous man who's made a huge dent in the sales universe his name is steve gelda author and co-founder of ignite selling in austin texas steve uh, before i let you go uh, you've raised it stimulated i'm sure a lot of interest in this new this new work of art of yours and kevin's with these four fabulous sales tools how can people reach out to get a hold of your amazon bestseller ignite your sales strategy well the easy easy place to go is simply go to amazon and you'll find you'll find the book on amazon and we're really really blessed to to make this an amazon bestseller and um i think we ranked number four in the month of june so we were just really blown away by the response that the, that uh both our clients in the market has had so far and the reviews that we've received i think we're over 40 reviews right now in, in just six weeks have just been uh have really just blown us away but uh the best way to find the book is simply go to amazon.com but you can also reach out for us on our website at ignite selling uh, dot com and uh, you can reach out to us that way and uh, they want to give me a call our, my phone number is on the website and we'll be glad to go ahead and mail them a book that way too so we're, we're happy to give, give the books away that's fantastic Steve congratulations to you and your partner Kevin on uh, an amazing uh, new new uh, book published uh, fourth in June that's amazing congratulations my friend thank you and, and listen, Steve, thank you for taking the time. Uh, greatly appreciate you having back on the podcast. Would love to have you back in the fall. Consider it, oh, uh, you know, I'm always happy to come out and help you. I love working with you. And I, uh, I'm glad to hear that your listeners are getting uh, such a great review. Keep up the great work yourself. I love the, the guests that you're having on the show. Keep up the good work, Ian. I'm uh, looking forward to working with you again. Awesome. Thank you, Steve. And thank you for listening to Confessions of a Sales Pro. If you have found this episode informative and helpful, we would be honored and appreciative if you would share this podcast with other great salespeople like yourself. And we look forward to you joining us for all new episodes weekly, every Thursday. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you'd like us to help you grow your sales commissions, visit us at salesmentoryou.com. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons. More wins. With Ian Selby.